Welcome back to the Dad and Rock podcast. This is Sean. And it's Chris. Hey, we're here once again, another week. It's a uh, hot town, summer in the city, getting a little uh, dirty and gritty out there. It's getting hot. <laughs> it's a hot one here in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. We were up, uh, I think, close to 90 today in the yeah. past couple of days, and I think tomorrow's going to be the same. Yeah, summer is clearly here. Yeah, I think uh, it said 90 with a real feel of 97. That's a pretty big gap there, but uh, I felt all of it outside doing yard work today. Oh, yard work. I, I say, and I've said this since I've you know been a homeowner, yards are overrated. Get a condo, homeowners association. <laughs> Pay a little bit for them to take care of it for you. Yeah, really. It's uh, it's a mess. And then, I mean, to, if you got pets and dogs and stuff going out there to make sure the uh, fleas and ticks and mosquitoes are at bay, it's uh, it's a grind. Oh, I thought you were leaning towards the turds. I was going to say, I just <laughs> run those things over a lawnmower. <laughs> I do, too. I'm not even going to play. I just run right over them. Oh, yeah, it chops up, spreads it throughout the yard to get better grass. <laughs> better weeds. <laughs> better weeds. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Uh, I mean, pretty much the same. I mean, Zach has had a week. Uh, this little guy, typically he's a pretty good kid. Doesn't get into much trouble, you know. I mean, you guys hear about me, you know, talk about him quite a bit on the show. But, dude, he, he stepped in it this week. Uh-oh. So I went out, and you know those water balloons you can buy at, like, your Targets or Walmarts? That you hook up to the hose, it fills them up, and then you they just kind of fall off. Yeah, yeah, like it's a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, I bought those, and I've had nothing but luck with them. You fill them up, you shake it, and the perfect water balloons, you throw them. Majority of the time, they pop on you. Right. Uh, my daughter has fun- figured out that the top is held together with a rubber band. So if she squeezes it hard enough, it just <laughs> it's a big squirt gun. So my wife was out back. Now, she's working from home. She's been working from home from God knows how long now. But she was out back, you know, with her work computer, and the kids were playing with the water balloons. I was sitting out there with her. And the one rule she had for both kids, knowing she would be a target, is don't get me wet. Right. So what's Zach do? He tests this limit uh-huh. on how far he can go before he can get in trouble. He walks to the end of the table, and he, like, squeezes this water balloon, and it just blows up. Oh, no. Gets her wet. Uh, I don't think it got the computer, but the rule was don't get me wet. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, just say uh, my wife went ballistic. It would be an understatement. I kind of saved him because she said a week worth of not going outside, riding your bike, doing anything. Right. I chopped it to three days knowing I'm going to save her sanity because she's just angry right now. But, uh, yeah, so that happened. So the only way he was allowed to go outside was out back with his sister, which uh, you've no, my son, that's that's a big enough punishment by itself. He doesn't like playing with his sister outside too much. Yeah. Unless he's not told to. If they're not told to play together, they play great together. <laughs> but if we tell them to play together, it, it, it's just not going to happen. And then, now, now this is more my fault that we didn't catch this earlier. So on his Switch, I have all these parental guides set up. He only gets four and a half hours a day. Uh, if he uses it or not, it shuts off at 730 in an hour before bedtime or two hour and a half now before bedtime. Just uh-huh. so he has some wind down time before it's time for bed. Good thinking. But I'm getting emails saying, you know, people are trying to sign in to your account via an, a Windows unit. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? Hackers. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why are they trying to get into my account? I don't care. There's nothing there. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. Then one day, Janessa, my wife, is playing the game. We got the uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah. Stupidest game ever. I'm sorry if you like the game. Oh, careful. There's a lot of people out there that love it. I don't see the point in this game. <laughs> I've got a tent on this island. I played it for like 20 minutes. I, I I need a purpose when I play a game. 
Yeah. Or even a sports game. I got a purpose. I'm trying to win. I don't know my purpose on this game. <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing. But uh, she played an hour of his four and a half hours. So she wanted me to add an hour onto it so he didn't get, you know, robbed of an hour that she used. Sure. I just never got around to it. It just never happened. Yeah. And it's 730 and it should have shut off anyway. And she's like, he's back there still playing a switch. So I go on my phone, try to log in. I can't log in. And then she's like, well, I tried logging in with the password the other day and I couldn't unlock it. Hmm. And that's when I use my facial recognition on my phone to do it. Right. So I start digging a little deeper and then I can't unlock it with the password. And then it starts to dawn on me. Little man went in there and changed the passwords. And at first I was furious. I was like, what? Yeah. What? what? He's in. He just got out of the shower. Yeah. So I just kind of walked to the door and I say, dude, did you change the password on the switch? And he looked at me, sheepish grin, and said, yes. Oh, no. Well, did he know the password to begin with? No, he didn't. So what I went up telling him, I was like, you know what? Show me how you did it. Right. So he brought me my iPad. He hit the actual app. And when he used his thumb, it said, did not recognize. So it said, try again. So he did that. And then when the one I'm sending him to is the actual four-digit password to my iPad, which then sent him to the saved passwords on my iPad that I used my thumb for. Oh, wow. He then clicked on Nintendo. It logged him into the app. And in turn, he changed the parental guides, the time it shut off, how much time he gets, the works. Wow. And he also changed a four-digit password on the Switch itself. Wow. He, that's impressive. So, I mean, like I said, I was angry at first, but since he didn't even try to lie to me mm-hmm. and he showed me what he did first, like you said, I was impressed. So I, I was trying not to show that while he was showing me <laughs> because I know it's going to lead him to try to something to do something else. Yeah. But uh, he got his switch taken away for just the next day. So he had it taken away uh, for Friday. So he has it back today. And like I said, the only reason he didn't get it taken away longer is he didn't even try, you know, to lie to me. He flat out, he knew I knew something was up. He, I mean, he showed me the ins and outs on how he did it. I guess going forward, that would be a, a good policy to have if him uh, realizing that he won't get in as much trouble if he's upfront and honest about it. Yeah, but man, yeah, he's, I maybe have issues later down the road. I mean, who knows what this little man's going to crack and do. It was funny. We were at his grandparents' house tonight and his grandfather said, you know, dude, you are not allowed on my computers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is a fear of mine. I mean, it, it's inevitable, right? I mean, you and I, we kind of grew up in, you know, the dawn of the internet and like technology becoming more and more a part of daily life, right? Yeah. Um, I, think what we, I think they call it, di- we are digital immigrants. Our kids are digital natives. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty accurate. So I feel like we are in a good space to like keep up with technology because we have the background. I've been using it since we were kids, but uh, I don't know. Stuff like this makes me fear for the future. <laughs> like our kids are just going to eventually uh, run circles around us. Oh, it's happening. I mean, we did it to our parents, so it's it's yeah. inevitable. It's a circle. We're going to fall into that circle, and yeah. uh, they're they're going to do things. And yeah, I like I said, I was I was impressed and angry. Just. All those, all those things that you can imagine you'd be thinking yeah. were running through my head all at the same time. Would <laughs> I have would have would I been able to do this at his age? Yeah. You know, or when it first came out, would I have been able to outsmart my mom and Don at that point to be able to do things <laughs> like that? So That's my boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Janessa looks at me, he's like, That's all you. You know that, right? 
Well, that's awesome. Well, he, here at Dad and Rock this week and this month, June, we're going to be celebrating the summer blockbuster all June in Dad and Rock. So uh, Chris and I figured, I mean, we're pretty much not going to have a summer blockbuster in 2020. <laughs> yeah, boo. Pretty much certain <laughs> of that due to uh, the pandemic. But um, I don't know. I think it's a, a nice time to kind of reflect on uh, movies uh, of the past, big summer blockbusters, some of the uh, our favorite films, and uh, how are we going to be uh, doing this throughout the month? Well, we're going to go ahead and break it down by decade. So say this show here, we're going to go ahead and do the 80s. Then we're going to do the 90s, the 2000, the 2010. So it's going to go ahead and give us four weeks, and uh, we're both going to go ahead and pick one movie. So there are obviously going to be movies that are going to be overlooked. Yeah. And we're not doing that so much because uh, we don't want to. We just don't want to. <laughs> But uh, we can we only have time to talk about two. So, for instance, this week here, uh, my movie that I went ahead and picked was Top Gun from '86. Yeah, and your movie you went ahead and picked was Back to the Future from '85. Right. But there were so many movies in the '80s that we could have easily talked about. Man, I went through a list, and um, each and every year was just a classic. I mean, right from the get-go, the first year, 1980, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the year after that, '81 was Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, just year after year in the '80s, every single top summer blockbuster was just a an absolute classic. So uh, it was tough going. The reason I kind of fell on Back to the Future. Uh, because it's like right in the dead smack center of the 80s. And like, I don't know if you can get more 80s than Back to the Future with Marty McFly and just the cult classic. Plus, I know that movie just back to front. So I knew it was going to be easy to talk about. What about your pick there, Top Gun? Oh, Top Gun. I mean, it's always been one of my favorite, I mean, not even 80s movies, but favorite movies, you know, just uh, how, how iconic it is and how they're bringing, you know, they're finally making a sequel to yeah. it. Uh, whenever we'll see that. I mean, I think probably next summer now. But, uh, I mean, even, I mean, the, the soundtrack, the first, like, two minutes, it's so good. It takes you right in the movie. There's no there's no lag to get in the movie. The music is there. And if the, I think the music will sell any good movie. Yeah, the Top Gun score, I mean, is, I mean, you go right into Danger Zone. Yeah. And if you, if you think of the 80s, Danger Zone is, like, the most 80s song uh, out there. I mean, oh, yeah. from the flying the jets and then the whole... Basically, it's going, you see the planes actually take off off the aircraft carrier, then they wind up in a dogfight, which they can't fire, right. and it, you know, the upside, you know, inverted dive, taking a Polaroid goose, it's just, everything about that first five minutes gets you in the movie. There's no build-up to the movie, it's just, you're, you're there. Yeah. I think uh, our movies are kind of similar that way, because they, they both have amazing scores, just like original movie scores. And then uh, Pepper throughout the film are, you know, pretty classic 80s uh, pop songs. Um, I mean, the same way with Back to the Future. I mean, right from the get-go, you're kind of going through the uh, Doc's, you know, bunch of clocks that he has in his garage. The opening <laughs> shot, you hear the news report, and you hear the little um, Alan Silvestri score, the little uh, piano keys, and just kind of puts you right in there. But uh, Harold Faltmeyer, he did the score for Top Gun. That's an excellent, just like the bells. <laughs> you just need to hear that bell, that dong one time, and you're like, oh, wow, I know what movie I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's just kind of go over here. We'll start with, you know, Top Gun here and make it easy. So it was a Tony Scott, you know, director of the movie. And this is kind of falling into our wheelhouse right here. You, you know that by the producers. You know we're big uh, Bad Boys fans. Yeah. And Berkheimer and Simpson did those movies, uh, the majority of them. He, they did this one here as well. So it just kind of falls. It may be the time frame they're doing it, or it just may be a a style of movie 
that speaks directly to us. They were the kings in the mid to late 80s going into the 90s. I mean, by the time Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer got to uh, Bad Boys 95, they had already been working together for many years. Let me roll off a few of the films that they did together. I mean, we're talking about Top Gun, of course, Bad Boys, you know, we're huge fans of. How about The Rock? Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage. Oh. Uh, How about Days of Thunder? Another Tom Cruise hit. How do you feel about Days of Thunder? You ever watch that one? I I mean, I'd be guilty of saying I've actually never watched it. Oh, okay. Well, it might be right up your alley, given how much you love Top Gun. Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, Flashdance, Crimson Tide. Oh, I loved Crimson Tide. Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. (laughs) Those producers, they were making movies, like, that we just adored as kids. Like, I I don't know. Like, I love them now. And, I mean, there were definitely movies for adults, but they just, uh, I guess just the action and the, the, the drama... Uh, were just perfect for us kind of getting into that. You know, we were grown out of, uh, you know, kitty stuff, right? So yeah, yeah, we're no longer watching The Lion King. We now want to see people get shot. <laughs> yeah. We want to see all the, you know, the bad language we can find. Yeah, yeah, 11, 12, 13, you're ready to watch some uh, some stuff with some violence and drama and feel like you're, uh, <laughs> feel like you're grown up. And if we get any nudity, it was a plus. <laughs> yeah, and uh, some of these movies, I think they, they might have had some of it, but... Uh, yeah, just great movies overall. A couple of awesome producers. And, of course, everybody knows, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer moved on to so many other things, too, afterwards. Yeah, so, I mean, they did their own thing. Uh, we already talked about the score with Harold Fulmeyer. Uh It's got to be one of my favorite scores, I mean, yeah. of, like, movies in general. Like you were saying, just from that opening key, you know what you're watching. Right. You're knowing what you're getting into. It just, it just sets, it sets the bar for the movie before you even see anything. Yeah, and I mean that that's that says a lot about a score, and it's kind of like Star Wars. Yep, it, it's right there. You know, it, it's so good right from the start before you see even the opening crawl. You just see Star Wars, and then you you hear the you know the music with everything else. It's, yep. This is very similar. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I saw an edited video recently where uh, they took footage of Star Wars of you know guys loading up their X-Wings and getting ready to fly the Death Star Trench and hopping in their Y-Wings and stuff. But instead of playing the uh, John Williams score, they played uh, Danger Zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fitting. That is awesome. I'm going to have to check that yeah. one out. But, uh, I mean, this this movie here, man, it was loaded. I mean, a lot of these names were right on the cusp of before they were getting big, outside of Tom Cruise. Right. So, I mean, obviously you had Tom Cruise as Maverick, but then you had Anthony Edwards, who... I made a huge name, if I remember right, in ER. Yeah, pretty uh, soon after this, maybe just a few years, um, and he was became really big in TV. Yeah, so he was Mother Goose, or or just Goose. I mean, have you, if, if you were Iceman, you were calling him Mother <laughs> Goose. <laughs> but uh, Iceman with Val Coomer, Tim Robbins as Merlin, Michael Ironside, Jesus, as Jester. I mean, you got Meg Ryan as Carol. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. James Tolkien as Stinger. It is, it is awesome. I mean, the, the names... I don't know if a movie like this with this like level of name in it could actually be made nowadays just because the level of budget that would be needed to put something like this on. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. You're right. I mean, these days, um, they're still making big blockbuster movies, of course, these days. But it's unless it's tied into some kind of like superhero franchise or like a remake of an older popular film. Um, I don't know if a studio would put a bunch of money into a movie like this anymore, especially one that uh, made this impact. I mean, Top Gun made a huge impact. It, it, it's, it just screams 1986 
with, uh, you know, you just uh, picture Tom Cruise with his aviators on, you know, on this motorcycle. Leather jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, I mean, we talked about the pop songs. You got Kenny Loggins' Danger Zone. You've got uh, Take My Breath Away, right, which was a huge hit um, on the radio back then, too. I mean, just uh, it kind of hit the hit the zeitgeist there back then. Oh, and it still does. I mean, you can turn that movie on and just watch it at any point. I think the biggest compliment you can pay to any movie is to say it holds up. Yeah. From, I mean, we're looking at 80, 86 here. I mean, we're at 2020. If you can still turn it on and it still feels like a movie that you can watch without getting lost in, like, you know, digital effects and all these things that, you know, look amiss. I think, if I remember correctly, a lot of these were actual physical effects. So they were actually shooting these planes. Uh, while they were flying. And I think that was one big thing that uh, Cruz wanted to do with a new one as well. Kind of keep that same feel. Because I think that that's what made this movie, made it what it was. I mean, the the, the actual dogfighting was the main perp- the point of the movie. Yeah, you had a lot of the relationships that happened elsewhere. Right. But those action scenes are second to none, really. It's, uh, it's kind of incredible. I mean, I almost, uh, you know, as you were kind of given the dates there... I was like, yeah, 24 years ago. I'm like, wait a second. That's 2020. Oh, that was 34 years ago, 1986. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were expecting a sequel finally to Top Gun coming out this summer. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But I know you and I are going to be uh, one of the first in lines to check it out once it comes out. I can't wait. Originally, I was terrified. Yeah. To be honest with you, I love this movie. I don't want them to mess it up. And then the more I watched, you know, the, the trailers... The more I heard people talk about it, uh, the more I seen the cast. I kind of like the cast too. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go in with reasonable expectations. Yeah, not too high, not too low, and just kind of see where it lands with me. And your know, pun intended. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, and I'm gonna take a guess here. Uh, your favorite uh, scene or moment in the film is is got to be the volleyball scene. <laughs> yeah. No? Oh yeah, you know them flexing with the shirts <laughs> off. <laughs> I think I have always, because I love this movie, I think I catch grief for that that scene alone <laughs> more than any other movie I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty gratuitous. Like, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, women need their uh, moments in movies, too. We talked, I don't know if they show any naked women in this movie, but boy, you get a you get an eye full of uh, some pectoral muscles <laughs> glistening in the sunset with the, uh, the volleyball scene, that's for sure. They really went for it. You got to put something in there to make the wife want to go see it with you that's what it is <laughs> uh as long as the as long as tom cruise keeps his shirt on uh this time around in the sequel i think it'll be all right oh no we don't need any floppy man titties in this one <laughs> <laughs> no offense to tom cruise he's he's holding up pretty well for a guy uh in his 60s but uh no thanks yeah no we'll, we'll pass over that there's gonna be something they're gonna pay homage <laughs> to that scene somehow i guarantee it i just don't know how they're gonna do it <laughs> Oh man, but man, there are there are some like iconic scenes in this movie. Uh, from the opening scene when uh Goose and Maverick are doing that inverted dive with that Mig, and they take a picture and give him the finger. Yeah, and come to find out, they're the first ones to ever actually be in contact with this type of plane. And then it immediately goes into class, you know, classified the whole deal. And then their buddy kind of uh, gets unnerved and turns into his wings, and that's how, basically how the movie starts. And you know, Goose and Maverick get their opportunity because while well, they were second in line and now they're uh, now the first yeah this movie has some pretty iconic scenes i mean I, I haven't seen this movie in years and years but there are just some uh scenes that kind of stick with you stay with you i mean 
uh, when Goose dies, like how tragic that action scene is, it's, it's crazy. It sticks with you. Like I say, the, the shot of um, Tom Cruise on his motorcycle going down the tarmac. Yeah, he's, he's going next to it. Right, yeah. And it's taking off. He just got the news that he's going to Top yeah. Gun. And he's like pumping his fist and the whole deal. And, and the uh, the locker room with Val Kilmer uh, kind of squaring off against uh, Tom Cruise and like clicking his teeth or whatever. You're dangerous. <laughs> Iceman. Oh, I- Iceman, that was an awesome, like, there's no real villain in this movie when it comes to these characters. Yeah. But there is, it, it shows the, the very real competitiveness within guys, say, in the military. When they're, when they're vying for certain things, when there is no winner, like, there is no second place. Right. That, that's, that's a real thing. Now, at, to this level, I mean, I never, I don't know anyone to this level, pilots like this that are, are trying to achieve this. But, I mean, I, I can absolutely see it. And Val Kilmer played that part beautifully. Because him and um, Slider and Goose actually had a relationship outside before here. So they knew each other. Mm-hmm. So Goose is trying to play nice between these three who obviously don't like each other. So Slider, Iceman, and Maverick don't like each other. Yeah. So, I mean, they talk about how he was abused as a child and everything like this. <laughs> Things that wouldn't work nowadays. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's still, the way it works, it's funny. And uh, it's just, those interactions. I mean, calling Goose Mother Goose, like I did earlier. Just because he's, you know, <laughs> the caretaker of uh, of Maverick. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense, right? It's, it's funny and it's, like, appropriate for his character. But uh, you're right, I mean... These characters, they're all great. The, the entire cast is great. I really like um, Tom Skerritt as an actor. Um, he was Viper, and he was the uh, kind of the head instructor. I loved him in Alien, the first Alien movie. Mm-hmm. That's where I know him from the most, but he was a tremendous actor. That mustache of his pretty uh, iconic, too. Oh, yeah. That's 80s by itself. Oh, that yeah. mustache is 80s. <laughs> and Michael Ironside, I mean, I love the dude from ev- pretty much everything he was in. I mean, he did a bunch of voiceover work. He was in Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, he's just the greatest. And he he worked for a long time. I mean, he made a lot of stuff in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. Uh, he unfortunately passed away a few years ago. He did the voice of Sam Fisher in the uh, Splinter Cell games. Uh, <laughs> nice. just, just an awesome, awesome actor. Yeah, there wasn't very many bad things he put his name on. Yeah. But, I mean, we're going back, like, you were talking about, like, scenes that you remember. Uh, after Goose and Maverick got their first kill on Jester, Michael Ironside's here, they did it below what they called the hard deck. So, they weren't supposed to drop below 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. But Jester knew he was he was going to get caught. And he didn't want to get caught day one. So, he drops below, and they kill him and back off. And then they do a flyby, which Maverick loves doing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the tower dude spills his coffee all over him. Then they wind up getting called to the principal's office. And he comes out of there. He runs into somebody. He drops some more coffee all over him. And he says, I want butts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how wholesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, it could have been a, <laughs> a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, from that to you, know, you already brought up when Goose hit the canopy when they were ejected after they flew through the jet wash. Yeah, that is a gut uh, punch. Yeah. The way they slowed it down, the way just, just the way it was shot. Right. You felt it happen. There was no confusion of what happened. Yeah. It wasn't like he got hit. He could be fine. As soon as they hit that water, Maverick had that, you know, response. You knew that this was going to be a huge turning point in this movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, everything around that death, just dramatically and how it was shot, how it was done. It was just like visceral the way he went out. And throughout the whole movie, they did a great job establishing the connection, the friendship between Maverick and Goose, right? I mean, for 
very beginning where they were singing karaoke, you know, you lost that love and feeling. Just oh, like... I hate when she does that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it pulls you in. It's like, well, what what is Maverick gonna do now? Like, it's a, such a turning point in the film. It gets to the point where you almost care more about Goose than you are Maverick. Yeah. Before that happens. Especially uh, you and me, because we're dads now. We're definitely more Goose than we are Maverick, you and I. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's a sad point, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Family Man, you know. Uh, with we're the, not going home with all the hot women anymore? Yeah, well, hey, Meg Ryan in 1986. I got no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, no, I'm, yep, you know what? That's a drop the mic moment right there. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Maverick has to find a way to get past, you know, what happened. He's blaming himself for the whole thing. And I mean, the last like real shot that sits in my head is him throwing Goose's uh, dog tags into the ocean off, you know, the aircraft carrier. Yeah. Which kind of gives him that, okay, I can, I can move on now. I'm never going to forget, but I'm I'm going to, I'm going to move on. This is what you would want me to do. Yeah. It's just, I mean, a tremendous film overall, uh, a really great story and, and leading up after Goose's death, uh, you, you know, Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, is really going through all this turmoil. I mean, how do, how do we round out the film after all that? After, you know, Maverick pretty much walked away from Top Gun, he went up to uh, Vipers, uh-huh. and Viper Bear pretty much gave him the lowdown of what really happened to his dad, and he went ahead and told him his options. Either he can, you know, walk away, which he said he that, you know, that flat spin would have even shaken him up, right? or he has accumulated enough points to go ahead and graduate with his class. So they show the graduation. It's already taken place. Uh, basically, the celebration's already happening. And then you see you know, Maverick walk in. He congratulates uh, Iceman for you know winning the Top Gun award. Yeah. And then before they're even done, you know, celebrating, Viper comes in and basically hands them orders, and they're all sent out. And then there's a confrontation over a length. I think it's like in the Libyan airspace or somewhere in that area. Right. Where they got to go ahead and you know basically protect the aircraft carrier because these uh these MIGs that they're going to be encountering are carrying an anti ship missile which they can launch like 120 miles away. But uh, when they're getting a briefing on what's going to happen, Iceman and Merlin are the two that are going, and then they put Maverick on ready five, so basically on backup. Yeah. And Iceman has got an immediate issue with it. He's like he's got nothing, no, no real issue with Maverick anymore, but he knows his head's messed up. Yeah. And he doesn't want that to come into play. And they get out there. Merlin gets hit. Basically, Val Kilmer, the Iceman's out there, one on five. He's just trying to survive, waiting for you know Maverick to show up. And uh, they have a whole issue again. He flies through a jet wash. He goes into a spin. He's able to recover from it. And then he disengages. And then Iceman's like, I knew it was going to happen. He wasn't going to have his head in it. And he turns around. And they, you know, those two kind of save the day. Two of them, they, they kill all of them, but two. I think four go down. Mm-hmm. Two of them bug out. And they fly back to the aircraft carrier to a uh, big celebration. And this is what leads into the next one, which I, which is pretty cool. Uh, they gave Ice uh, Maverick choice of duty station. So he said he's going to be a instructor at Top Gun. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's how they uh, left it off with the promise of a uh, continuing story. But then they went ahead and waited 34 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to see how they do that. It almost feels like he left and then came back. Yeah. In a little bit of like movie trailer and things we've got so far seen from Top Gun Maverick is uh, he's returning back or something on those lines. I mean, it's a classic 80s film. It's a classic Tom Cruise film. It's a classic summer blockbuster. I mean, Top Gun just screams summer just with the 
the shots of the jets flying and like the, the beach the volleyball score. The score <laughs> yeah. and the riding the motorcycle on the by the beach the, the whole thing just screams like you're saying nice warm weather yeah you know a beer on the beach aviator sunglasses about and i still don't understand the leather jacket in california <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a shame we won't get to see the sequel this summer but uh when does it come out did they ever push it back i think it's it's summer 2021 okay i think they well, flat out said it's summer 2021 you know what that's fine i can wait for it summertime is appropriate for top gun exactly well that is top gun pretty much you know our breakdown of it uh your movie here and this is gonna be one you're gonna you know know more about than i do i mean obviously i think i was a bigger <laughs> fan of top gun than you were and yeah. the whole thing is gonna flip here to the back to the future uh, where you are much more uh, in tune with this movie than I am. But I got to say that I just rewatched this movie and it's been so long. I could not take my eyes off it. Even when I was trying to put together our show notes for today's show, I'm yeah. watching it and I, I can't pry myself away from it, which was uh, problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it has a reputation of just like being the perfect script as far as like, uh, introducing some like nuggets of information in the beginning of the story and, and having those bits of information pay off at the end. Um, it's a really great film. Of course, like they eventually made a part two and part three, uh, which became one of my very favorite trilogies. I mean, besides the, the Holy Trilogy, right, of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. There were a few others growing up that I really loved. <laughs> I mean, the Indiana Jones trilogy before they, you know, smacked on a fourth one, which we won't the talk Crystal about. Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Um, Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> uh, Mutt, I think his character's name was. We won't talk about that. But uh, this is another one, the Back to the Future trilogy, man. I mean, uh, you know, I think I mentioned in the podcast before, I was a latchkey kid, so I spent a lot of time um, kind of by myself uh, at home while my mom worked and my aunt watched my uh, little sister and little brother. So I had the rule of the roost, you know, playing video games and uh, having little movie marathons there. But uh, Back to the Future, the whole trilogy was definitely in heavy rotation. Uh, but yeah, the first one is, is kind of perfect. It doesn't really necessitate uh, sequels. Yeah, I mean, the ending is incredible. The way, um, you know, after all that whole adventure, Marty finally gets back from the past to the future. He's in his driveway. Everything's perfect. Um, you know, his father, instead of being a sniveling little weasel, is an award-winning author. And <laughs> you know, Of a book that has Darth Vader dressed up. <laughs> as a man in like a weird like yellow like uh hazmat suit and he's from the planet vulcan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i figured you'd appreciate that he's, oh, the, he's using his 80s references on the guy in the 50s oh that was i caught that immediately i was like yep that's going where are we talking about that one <laughs> yeah just like uh well i mean how doc comes back and he's like you know we got to go to the future we, you know we're dealing with time travel here and you spend time in the 50s which everybody's aware of but to uh, promise a sequel where they go into the future was uh, something else. So they go um, thirty years in the future. From thirty years from that date, would have been like the two thousand ten time frame, wouldn't it have been? Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Okay, I knew it was in that ballpark. I'm just sitting back laughing. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, we're already uh, past the future. We're in the far future, you and me. <laughs> uh, but Marty, I- I've never seen you know pink underwear before. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin, isn't that's your name, isn't it? Calvin, Calvin. It's written all over your underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's um. I mean, it's a it's a time capsule of a movie. Like it's funny. It's how it's so 
heavily deals with the 1950s. It also heavily deals with the 1980s, of course, because that's when it was made. But it's just such a heavy time capsule of those two periods. But it's also, like, timeless. Like, you would think a, a movie that is dated in such a way with, you know, DeLorean and just all the uh, the trappings of uh, being made in 1985 with Marty's outfits and stuff. But because you're dealing with time travel, it just kind of fits. It becomes, like I said, like, like a little time capsule, something you open up here and there just to live that nostalgia. And this uh, movie did it perfectly. Yeah, no, that was, uh, it was extremely fun. Yeah. The, from the point where they, Marty gets hit with a car rather than his dad. Yeah. He goes ahead and sets this whole thing, you know, when Doc doesn't believe him. Doesn't believe who he is, right. what he knows, until he tells him how he actually got the bump <laughs> with hanging the clock above the toilet. I don't know why he's stepping on the porcelain and you know <laughs> and falling down. I mean, that's that's a whole another another question we need to ask him. <laughs> Telling me Ronald Reagan became president, the actor, yeah, Christopher yeah. Lloyd is just. Uh, I mean, he he kind of became beloved from this part. I mean, Christopher Lloyd was definitely a working actor prior to Back to the Future. I mean, he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was on the sitcom Taxi for many years, and he was kind of a known quantity, a known name. But, I mean, this was the role that really kind of defined the rest of his career, I think. I mean, and he still comes back as Doc every now and then, you know, whether it's a uh, like a commercial with the character Doc Brown or like a voiceover. And even all these years later, especially around 2015, when it was yeah. that 30-year anniversary and we were actually there in the future. Uh, they did a lot of Back to the Future related stuff. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, there was a, so much, so much, so many fun things in that movie. Yeah, uh, from like young Biff to old Biff, and the difference between the Biffs. And <laughs> you know, when you know when he came back, Biff was actually buffing the car out rather than you know picking on Dad and wrecking the car. You know, because of the blind side that he didn't know, <laughs> blind spot he didn't know was there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say hi to your mom for me. Yeah, it's just like just like an awful guy. And Biff, I mean. It's hard for me to talk about the first movie without referencing uh, part two and part three, because to me, it's like it's like one long movie. Um, but uh, yeah, Biff has some some fun parts in the other two films as well. I mean, I mean in the future, you get to see um, an alternative future Biff where he becomes like a, a Trump like um, casino owner and just like <laughs> has all this power. Um, and then, uh, there's Mad Dog Tan and his ancestor back in the old West in part three. So the character, uh, of Biff is, uh, he's kind of the, uh, continuing enemy to Marty throughout the time. <laughs> Everything there. <laughs> if you had to pick one, like one scene from the movie that you would know it's back to the future. Like for me, I know for Top Gun, it was the, the inverted, you know, dive Polaroid finger to the MIG. What would be one for you here? To me, I think the most iconic part of the movie is probably in the uh, the mall parking lot when Marty first goes out there to see Doc. He doesn't know what's what Doc is doing at one in the morning out of the parking lot in the front of the mall. <laughs> yeah. He just knows that Doc has something to show him, and he backs up that truck, and out comes this DeLorean, and uh, Marty is just so confused. He can't, you know, can't believe his eyes. Doc is making sure that he records it on this old VHS uh, yeah. <laughs> JVC camcorder. And uh, the, the scene for me is that whole scene where, um, you know, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> yeah. He links up his uh, his watch with... Uh, yep. Uh, with Einstein's watch. <laughs> yeah. And the first time that the, the DeLorean revs up and charges at them and hits 88 and then disappears with the with the tracks on fire yeah. and it's gone, 
that that that's Back to the Future, man. You're in. The, the, yeah, the track's on fire. The line that I love the most in that whole scene is, "Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein." <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> yeah, there's a. I mean, it, the whole movie is almost a, a, a memorable moment. I mean, when he's up on stage at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance and he's playing Johnny Be Good, and um, you know his his brother and sister and himself are disappearing from that picture. He because he almost wiped himself out of existence yeah. <laughs> by yeah. having his mom have the hots for him. Yeah, that's uh, kind of creepy by itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Lorraine, but she. I mean, it's another instance where the whole cast was great too. I mean, he had Crispin Glover, who's you know ended up being kind of a weird guy, but this was uh, an excellent role for him. He was really great as George McFly. Um, and this, I mean, you know, we talk about Michael J. Fox. Like this dude was a pretty solid star beforehand. I mean, he was very popular in Family Ties. Like, that show was already a hit. But yeah, originally, um, Robert Zemeckis, the director, and uh, Bob Gale, the producer, they wanted uh, Michael J. Fox to be cast as Marty. Um, But he had commitments with Family Ties. He wasn't able to do it originally. Uh, So they actually cast another actor, Eric Stoltz, who I mainly know from... um, from Pulp Fiction years later, he was kind of one of the uh, the drug dealers, the guy with the red hair. Um, but yeah, they even shot a lot of this movie with Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly, which the footage is still around. It's lingering. And they <laughs> shot maybe like half the movie with him until they got to a point where they're like, uh, this just isn't working. And by that <laughs> point, I mean, by that point, they um, Michael J. Fox was like available, like he was taking a hiatus from shooting Family Ties. So they decided to just roll. They were like, OK, well. We want Michael back. So they reshot all the scenes that they had already done with Eric Stoltz, uh, this time with Michael J. Fox. I mean, the rest is history. They definitely made the right move because uh, this film became iconic. Basically, now what kind of news that would have made nowadays? Oh, if yeah. They stopped all over. shooting and then reshot <laughs> half the movie. Yeah. Oh, that would be, that would blow the internet up. You know, everyone would be talking about it. It'd be, we, we would want a, um, a director's cut from somebody else if it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Give me the Eric Stoltz cut. Oh, man, that's crazy. It's funny how you mentioned to me, like, um, watching it recently, almost like watching it uh, for the first time. Yeah, no, it's it's been so long since I've seen it. Like, I knew iconic scenes. I knew, you know, the mall. I knew the clock. Yeah. I mean, I knew knew a bunch of scenes, but I forgot so many pieces that, you know, that put the movie together. So sitting down and watch. Save the clock tower. Yeah. yeah. Save the clock tower. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there's so much that one, it's like I said, since it's been so long watching it, I was almost watching it, like almost feeling like I was watching it for the first time. So a lot of the jokes that were hitting were hitting me. Like I never heard them before, which is not, not factually correct at all. It's just, it's been so long and it was, it just felt so fresh and it sucked you right in. Like I said, with Top Gun, it, it, didn't feel dated. It, it held yeah. up. These two movies that we we're talking about tonight both held up to time, and I mean, I, I think that's one of the you know the best you know uh, compliments you can give any film. Oh, for sure. I mean, and they definitely deserve their success of both of them. I we we had the highest grossing film of 1985 and the highest grossing film in 1986, uh, respectively. So. I don't think, I mean, to be fair, there were a lot of other choices in the 1980s, big films, good films that you and I both like, but I think we made, <laughs> I know, man, just a year prior, Ghostbusters 1984, you know I could talk about that one, but uh, th- this is where we fell, man, and I think we made a couple of good choices, but uh, what do you think? I-, I think we should leave it up to the audience to to see which one out of these two they prefer. Yeah, come to, you know, it's funny you say that, I went ahead and I put something out on Twitter already. 
just to kind of go ahead and get a an idea on where people lay with these these movies here. So we, we didn't get a big, you know, sample size here. I mean, we only got 10 votes. Like I said, it's not big at all. But people leaned your way. 60-40 to you. Uh, towards Back to the Future over Top Gun. All now right. Still has some more time on it to go ahead and get some more, uh, <laughs> you know, more loving for you know, Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. They've lost that loving feeling, pal. <laughs> but uh, if you guys can go ahead and participate in that, we're going to go ahead and just, just kind of talk about it each week on, you know, which one you guys preferred uh, between the two movies we're going to pick. And just keep an eye out on, on, on Twitter itself or on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put them out there, let you guys know which movies we're going to be talking about. And then I'll put a poll out there so we kind of know where you guys lay uh, prior to us recording so we can kind of talk about it. But right now, I mean, Back to the Future, much to my chagrin, is uh, is taking it. Now, I say chagrin just because I picked Top Gun. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not hurting my feelings at all that Back to the Future is uh, more preferred. We need 1.21 gigawatts to get the flux capacitor so we can go ahead and hit that 88 miles an hour and cruise right into the cheesy. Yeah, let's do it. So, I've got one here that you gotta go with. It's a little long. Oh, okay. All right. It's got a little bit of going on here, so I'll go. I'll start with this one here. Arnold Schwarzenegger has a long one. Michael J. Fox has a short one. Madonna does not have one. The Pope doesn't really use his, and Justin Bieber always uses his. What is it? Oh, good lord! I couldn't even begin to imagine. I don't know what. It's his last name. Shame on you for thinking that way. It's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> a little in depth. No, more more in depth than our normal ones are. Yeah, I seen that. I was like, okay, I got to go with it. <laughs> there you go. I enjoyed it. All right, I got one. It's lame. Why would someone want to have a DeLorean as a second car? Why is that? So they could drive it from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are anyway, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm going to blame it on my Strongbow drinking. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. There's our first uh, installment of our uh, June summer blockbuster month, uh, the 1980s. I think pretty well recapped. Uh, next week, of course, we have the 1990s coming up. A huge decade for summer movies. This one's going to be hard for me. Yeah, and this is honestly, this is the one where we were we took part in. I mean, in the 80s, we were a little young, right? We weren't even there for yeah. some of it. But uh, the 1990s are... Um, I mean, right off the top of my head, Independence Day. Yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park, dude. Like. Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean... It's, the Matrix. This, is be, this, is, this, is, this one's going to be a hard one for us to, yeah. to pick. The pick one, actually, pick two. And, uh, well, I mean, like I said, I, we're going to put these up. We're going to talk about this, figure out which one we want to go with, and we'll let you guys know which one it is so you guys have a heads up and exactly what we'll be talking about. In the meantime, keep up with our social media. Uh, our Dad and the Rock you know, YouTube page, our Twitter page, which, believe it or not, we are one follower away from 400. Oh, shut up, dude. I was trying to get us to 400 today so I can give that 400th shout out, but while we were on you know, recording here, we had our 399th hit us. I was hoping to see 400, and I'm just going to check one more time while we're on the air here. Yeah, we'll do it live. <laughs> no, it still says 399 followers. So uh, if you're that 400th follower, you know what? We'll give you a shout out next week on next week's show. Absolutely, yeah. Hurry up. Get on there. <laughs> get on the <laughs> but, Twitter. Uh, get, on, get on the Twitter. <laughs> uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and we're all there. And you know where to find us now on any social media platform. I'm looking to see about getting us on to... Uh, cast fm 
So that's a new place I'm trying to find a, you know, a, a home for the you know, Dad in the Rock page here. Keep your ears out, eyes open, and uh, I think that's a good place for us to say goodnight for the evening. What do you say? I feel the need, the, the need, need for speed. speed. <laughs>